0: I remember talking to a man who came to me with an issue, and he said that uh, he was in a bit of a moral conflict because he had come across a, a, a lady who had come from uh, Eastern Europe uh, who needed financial help. You know, so uh, she came here to Ireland, and there were some issues with with, with accommodation and with jobs and all sorts of uh, problems, and she was in a spot of bother, financial bother. And so he helped her out, okay. But um, then a week later, she contacted him again just to say that uh, the rent had gone up and there were more problems. So could he, could he help her out? And uh, then a week later, it was, you know, I've run out of money, I have no food. And then a week later, it's, uh, the bills have just arrived and I haven't enough to cover them. And then a week later, uh, something else basically, it just kept, kept adding up and it kept going. And he kept, after a while and after a couple of months of this, he said, look, this is the last time. This is the last time. And he'd go for maybe a week or two without helping her. And then uh, he'd break, basically. She'd <laughs> contact him again and say, oh, sorry, just, just, just last time. Just really, I'm, I'm in great need. Um, and so we were sitting down talking about this, like trying to, to work out what's the best thing to do. Because, uh it's not always so straightforward. We we do and should help people, but uh, we should help them, if you will, kind of long term. It's the difference between giving a man a fish and teaching a man to fish. You give a man to fish, he eats for a day. You teach a man to fish, he eats for the rest of his life. So if we keep giving a person fish or help, yeah, uh, why would you give him fish? It's an awful punishment. <laughs> uh, but if you give them, if you if you keep facilitate, you, ena- you can be you can become an enabler. Because then that person can just rely on you and sure, John will bail me out, you know, Eddie will bail me out if ever, if ever there's a problem, you know. So, so how do we kind of balance true charity with, with, uh, with being, if you will, kind of realistic long term, you know. So it was, a, it was an interesting conversation to work out. But he, he, he used an expression, he said, you know, she has a, a, a bit of a tendency, a bit of a problem here in that the work she doesn't really work, but she tries to do little artistic things made from kind of second-hand bits and pieces. And, and but there's no mar- like we, we don't live in a very touristy place here, so uh, there's no market for them here. So and you'll make a couple of euro maybe. And then all of her stuff was stored in in a car in the car park, which is a paid car park. So then there were enough parking tickets on the windscreen to wallpaper Buckingham Palace. And then the car she got towed away with all of her stuff in it. Uh, and then she decides that like, you know, she wants to invite people over from home as well to come see her. And where are they going to stay and what are they going to eat? You know? So he uses this, this expression, which I found very interesting. He said, you know, her life just seems to go from one saltus in tenebrae to the next. He's an educated man. And I said, yes, of course, saltus in tenebrae. Uh-huh. So I looked it up afterwards and uh, it means uh, jump into the dark. So because of the, the way she lived, she'd make one leap into the dark after the next and hope to God that someone else, someone would bail her out. You know, just make one kind of erratic decision after the next. No kind of plan to get cheaper accommodation, to apply for a job, to uh, even help someone for free in the hope that then if they see that you're a good worker, then they might uh, employ you afterwards. I mean, there are different things that can be done to help yourself, instead of just saying, well, you know, this person will bail me out. So, this idea of, of jumping into the dark... And it, 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 when he said it, I thought, yeah, uh, I suppose there's, there, are, there is good jumping into the dark and bad jumping into the dark. Because when it comes to doing God's will, at times it may seem like jumping into the dark. You know, when you think of, go way back, like in, in, in scripture, to the story of Noah. And often the story of Noah or these epic stories, they're understood, maybe even explained in quite childish terms you know so little Noah builds a big boat the animals come on and they sail away and then a a dove comes back so they know that the the flood is over and the you know the boat settles and they all get out in three easies Um, so so the problem with that is if you look at like the details of the story right God asks Noah to build a huge ship in a field not in a ship dock not in a dockyard not in the usual spot in a field, he would have looked completely insane to any, to any of the onlookers. They would have said, You are out of your tiny mind, like this is just insanity. You know, building uh, even if you build a ship here, build a ship outside now, they, they, what are you going to do with it when it's built? How are you going to move it? You know, it's you know, it's, it's just so it looks, it, it is a jump into the dark. But whenever the Lord asks us to do this, He will confirm with he 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 will need to for for our own sanity he will need to confirm that this is his will even uh just in some of the exodus readings uh from from recent days when what moses is asked to do like moses uh who murdered a man and had to flee uh, a man uh, uh, an egyptian who was attacking a, a hebrew a jew Moses flees then to not, get, to not get captured. And now he has to go back to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the known world, and tell him, let your free labor go. Let, you know, your, your, all your slaves, all Jews, let them go. Just like that. I mean, what chance did you, did you stand? And then uh, in order to to show that... that to sh- in order to prove to Moses that God was on his side he asks him to put down his staff all right the staff turns into a snake now then he says catch the, the the snake by the what by the tail now over Christmas um we watched uh Bear Grylls Bear Grylls is a very interesting program because uh it's interactive so when you get to various points in the in the his adventure you can choose what you want to do so you can choose do we go up the cliff or do we go around the cliff and um, there's uh, an, uh, an alligator in front of us do we try and scare him off and go on or do we go around him you know so you on the tv you choose what you do and some of them are the right choice some of them are very wrong um my little niece was there as well so she would always get him to do the wrong thing deliberately you know go straight for the alligator or like he comes across some bear poo and uh and says, you know, so should we eat this now? Because it's, it's, it's. Well, you have to clean it, obviously you clean. It, you f- okay, I don't want to go into the details. You, to, you find the nuts that aren't fully digested, you wash them and you eat them, or do we hope we'll find another meal? My, my, my little niece then eat the poo. <laughs> so, so it's very entertaining. Um, but oh my goodness, I'm after completely losing my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, oh my goodness. Oh, different choices? Catch the, snake by the- catch the snake by the tail. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lifesaver. Uh, so there's was, there was a point then where they're in Australia and uh, he comes to a snake and he has to get venom for, for, for the antidote. Um, uh, so, and so he says, so, so what should I do? Should I get the stick and pin the snake's head or will I catch him by the tail? Now, I mean, I don't have any experience with, with snakes, but they can only bite at one end. I mean, you catch them by the tail and you're dead. Because the head is completely free to attack you. You know what I mean? So God asks Moses, catch the snake by the tail. I mean, what you would never do. You know, you catch him by the head and then he's pinned. he can't do anything. You catch him by the tail, he's completely free to attack. God asks Moses, catch the snake by the tail. And Moses does it. He catches him by the tail. And then the, the snake becomes a staff again. So he's asking him to do things that look absolutely insane right complete jumping into the dark but jumping into the dark not, not with a kind of a uh, insanity or not, it's not reckless it's, it's in obedience it's different jumping into the dark recklessly is irresponsible I, I mean I, I've seen this at times as well in, in maybe in families and, and I, look I, I get it Like, but um, uh, people maybe who, who want to provide for their family so they they invest a lot in a certain business or in stocks and shares and it all goes belly up or they want to i saw one person once who they want to open a shop and i mean i could have told them a hundred times the shop won't work in that on that street all the shops fail because there's no parking people will go to the shopping center two blocks down where there's endless parking and tons of shops no shop there ever survives you know then they end, empty their savings into it and doesn't work and what can you do like but that's a kind of a that's just not responsible. You know, so when, when God asks us to do something, while it may look uh, unreasonable, ultimately it will always be shown to be, to be true and to be right. But he will have to confirm it in us that this is, that this is his will. He can't ask us to do something that's, that, that looks crazy and then just walk away. I mean, he'll ask us to do it through someone we trust or he will give some sort of a sign or some sort of a confirmation he'll have to otherwise as i'll say we can't act irresponsibly with the resources we have or with our time or whatever it may be so the lord will not ask us to be irresponsible why do we say all of this we say all of this because in our psalm, our chorus was here i am lord i come to do your will that's the key to everything lord i come to do your will in doing the Lord's will, that's where, we find, that's where we find peace, that's where we find fulfillment. It's ultimately where we find heaven, in doing God's will. And so we ask the Lord today, in our daily battles, and in whatever lies ahead of us today, that we might seek to do God's will. What does God want of me now? And this might be something very ordinary, it usually is, fidelity to prayer, Spending time with, with people who need it, or our family, or our children, wherever it may be. Or it may be something extraordinary. It tends, those extraordinary moments aren't common, but they, they can happen. Or they'll ask us to do something which might look a bit surprising, to say the least. If he does ask us that, then in, in complete calm, we say, Lord, here I am. I come to do your will. If this is your will... Show me. I want to do your will, but I just need to know it's your will, because I don't want to go off on a whim. Lord, if this is your will, show me, so that I might obey, that I might be your hands and feet today. Dear brothers and sisters, it's Father Patrick Cahill here. I just want to thank you so much for all of your generosity over uh, our Christmas appeal. Thank you so much for uh, all that you've done for us in supporting us financially uh, and also for your prayers. Thank God we reached our target, so we're able to continue. Uh, forming the hearts of young people to know, love and serve the Lord more deeply. This is all possible in in the way that the church always is. We rely on each other, we support each other. There are some who speak, there are some who support, there are some who pray. Uh, We're all in this together. So thank you so much for your part uh, in this story and in the success of Holy Family Mission. We pray for you every day, especially on Wednesdays, where we offer our Mass uh, to St. Joseph, the Father of all providence, uh, also for your intentions. So May the good Lord reward you always. God bless.